Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What up, Fightful fam, and welcome to 1-2 Punch. Player 2, Sean Ross Sapp. Player 1, Sean Ross Shack. How's it going, boss? How are you doing? Oh, my God. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> I got my you? Halloween costume picked out for next year. I got to jump in. <clears throat> evidently. Evidently. Wow. I I tell you that I'm actually going to watch UFC 255, and you just go go crazy. Well, I'm actually going to watch Survivor Series this Sunday. Yes, so I that's feel a like, good you point. Know, <laughs> we got a team going. Short-lived, you know, it's the Sammy Guevara, MJF of Fightful, you and I, I think, are going to be. My God, MJF wishes he had my charisma. <laughs> truly, truly. All right, guys, you're not here for pro wrestling talk. I'm sure some of you are, but some of you may <laughs> yeah. not be. So let's just jump into it. This is one-two punch. We operate on a win-lose-draw system. What that means is we're going to sign the week's biggest winners and losers before drawing up a little preview for UFC 255. So let me hit this animated intro. And we will get there. Okay, first up, some housekeeping notes, uh, as Luke Thomas would say. First and foremost, if you guys can please hit like, tap the subscribe button, and ring that notification bell. All those acts go such a long way to helping the channel grow. We really do appreciate it. And uh, engage with us in the chat, guys. We love hearing from you. We'll get to all your questions, all your comments. It's a lot more fun when you guys are a part of the show. If you're feeling so generous... Make a good impression of me for the boss right here. A little super chat donation goes a long way. Hit us Make with those super chats, guys. Make it right. We need we need we need Evan over here. We have a we have a budget to cut into. Yes, sir. Got to keep me employed, friends and family. Yes. Okay. Let's get into it. And if for no other reason, I always say this: when you engage in the live chat, I know that the stream is working. So yes. you're gonna get less of me grabbing the stupid headset here and placing it against my ear. That is always welcome. Okay, uh, let's jump right into it. Talk I mean, I've got the... it. I've got it pulled up too, just so you know. Perfect. So I know that it's lovely. Then I, I won't be working. doing. I won't be worrying about anything today. <laughs> only all my guests, whereas, you know, yes. on the button as you are, they've all been great. Uh, biggest winners, uh, first and foremost. I'm gonna. This might sound like a weird one. Uh, we're gonna get to Connor and Dustin. I just feel like we've been talking about Connor and Dustin every week on this show. Yeah. And nothing's really changed except for the fact that Dana White has confirmed it. I want to start with Anderson Silva. Now, I know a lot of people would be saying Anderson Silva has been cut by the UFC. How is that a good thing? Well, you know, Dana White made it pretty clear that he doesn't want to uh, host another Anderson Silva fight. So should his retirement not stick, Anderson is free to do business elsewhere. Uh, Where do you think, Sean, if anywhere, will Anderson Silva end up? I think he'll get offers from Bellator. I think he'll get offers from one specifically Maybe Combate will try something. I mean, they they were doing really good TV numbers last year, and they were. I mean, they threw money at Del Rio and Tito, so why wouldn't they throw money at Anderson Silva? And I mean, quite frankly, he does not need to be in competitive fights. That's not why anybody wants to watch Anderson Silva at this stage. They want to watch him crush a can, and I will watch him crush cans. Yeah, and I uh, I remember speaking to uh, Vitor Belfort for Fightful MMA a couple months back, and he said that he'd be really interested in doing a rematch. So 
If you don't want to go the can route, I think there are a lot of old man fights for Anderson Silva out there. I know Scott Coker was asked about it. He said he wasn't really putting much thought into it right now. I don't know why that would be the case. Uh, maybe in this, you know, you see, you saw them cut Frank Mir and a whole bunch of legends. Maybe in this new CBS Sports Network era, they want to legitimize themselves a bit. I feel like they have the roster now, and we're going to get to AJ McKee a bit later. Uh, I think one championship is the right call. I think they will throw enough money at him. I did actually reach out to one. And they said no comment for the time being, but I'd be surprised if they don't run up on that one. Man, I you know what? It went so under the radar that Frank Mir, his his deal with Bellator went up that I just real and then of course, because I know that he's he's doing the BKFC thing or or plans on it. A lot of people sign deals with BKFC and never end up doing anything. But yeah, um also I wonder if Bellator has nearly as much money as they used to have as a result of these deals kind of switching over because um, I, I definitely did not expect them to ever, I, I didn't expect their t- TV deal to, to change as categorically as it did, but Anderson Silva will be one of those guys that you go, Oh, well he's fighting this weekend. And then you'll either watch that one fight on a stream or you'll catch the Twitter clips of it or something like that. Like, one FC is or one championships made all these moves. I haven't watched an Eddie Alvarez fight. Now, granted, he hasn't fought in over a year. I watched Demetrius Johnson fight, which we'll talk a little bit more about later about the flyweight division. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just you'll be like, oh, okay. And if you happen to catch it on, and really hardcore fans will tune in. Yeah, I I never really made sense of the Uriah Hall fight. I just feel like, I mean, I I liked it from the perspective of. You know, back in the Ultimate Fighter days, Uriah Hall was billed as this next generation Anderson Silva. Never really quite lived up that moniker. But I, even the Uriah Hall versus Chris Weidman fight that they're planning for UFC 257 or 258. I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm sure Joseph Oza in the chat will let me know shortly. Yeah. Um, it, I don't – the UFC does not do a good job of they – do, they do a lot of great things. I'm, I'm not I'm – not, you know. Dana White likes to pretend like no one outside of the UFC has any valid input. Um, I don't think they do the best job regarding how they treat their legends. They either put them in fights against nobodies that are not going to benefit, or they put them into fights against guys that they're completely overmatched. Like Uriah Hall, I know the rankings say Uriah Hall is 9, Chris Weidman is 10. I'm pretty sure Uriah Hall is going to run through Chris Weidman. Really? Yeah, well, Chris Weidman is one and five in his last yeah, six I fights, mean, all five knockout losses. And the one guy just, he beat, he didn't look super impressive. Yeah, it's just to me, like, I can never definitively say that Uriah Hall is going to run through anybody because he is, like, the the most gun-shy guy. Like, I thought when that was applied to him, I was like, yeah, he is. Because, and every time that he does pull the trigger, it's like Machida. Mm-hmm. It's like when he does pull the trigger, he has these exhilarating fights and outstanding finishes. But it's just a matter of getting him to do that. I, you know, we might need to start uh, throwing some money at Joseph Oza. He is, he is out here reporting news on the regular. Let's go to li- live chat real quick. Um, shout out to Scott Frame. Shout out to Rob Wilkins. Shout out to Antoine. Patel Ron's checking in. Devin's checking in. Let's go to Joseph real quick. He says, I should be surprised that Dana didn't want to admit that Silva was released from the UFC, but I'm not. I, I don't think know if that was the case so much as I'm, I'm sure they were talking about it i feel like dana white isn't quite as hands-on with this sort of stuff as he yeah. used to be i'm sure dana discussed it with whoever is responsible for firing and hiring in the middleweight division uh so my guess is dana knew it was going to happen but the ufc hadn't announced it yet and then by the time the or they hadn't been finalized perhaps and by the time that uh, dana white actually got in contact with his team he found out whoops yeah, he was released. My bad. What do you think? And when we, when we were talking about the losers later on, that was something I was going to bring up. Like, I mean, he he's fostered this culture of of not being truthful for such a long time. Like, I mean, that's that's the joke. He says a fight's going to happen, it's not going to happen, and vice versa. But it's it's just just wait it out, man. Wait it out. Because mm-hmm. because what was he expecting to not release? Anderson Silva is that what was going on because I doubt that he was sitting there saying he never wanted to have him fight again okay and then release him from his deal exactly and or... then in this in the same in the first TMZ report before he 
corrected himself. He says if Anderson Silva is going to fight again, he owes the fight to the UFC. Like, what sort of strange stance is that? Like, you refuse, you insist you don't want this guy to fight, but you don't want to let him out of his contract. Why? Let the man go crush some cans and make some money. Yeah, I, I agree. Let him make the money. And I mean, unless they want to pay him. And, you know, there are a lot of guys that got paid by UFC to not, I don't want to say not do anything, but they had like those ambassador sort of jobs. Not as much these days because uh, UFC's got debt to cut into. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a problem with him going somewhere else. Yeah. Um, so I consider that a big up for Anderson Silva. He's free to go make his money. Uh, Antoine chimes in and he says, do you see BKFC throwing a ton of money at Silva? They landed Paige, could be looking to expand the audience. Keep in mind, they also got Vanderlei Silva, if I'm not mistaken. Ton of money? No. Enough money? Maybe. Maybe. Um, I, I would imagine they'll, they'll probably throw a pay-per-view cut in there. Yeah, I'm sure. Do you, I, like, I, I, I understand why Paige went there. I understand why Vanderlei went there. Yeah. Seems Anderson Silva, to me, would seem a little too prestigious for BKFC, and that's no shot well, against BKFC. Well, pardon me, Artem Lobov fought there. <laughs> the greatest of all time. A- and he did beat Polly <laughs> which is amazing my favorite to me. story of combat sports history. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Um, I think he would do it. I think he would do it. I just think that he would do it, and he'd be, I like to fight. One of those, like, typical Anderson Silva is normal situations when it's not normal whatsoever. No, not at all. Uh, let's move into the next win because this will translate into our losses as well. Uh, I'm going to give myself a win for Ooh. the time being because I insisted that Habib was going to stay retired. And then all the co- talk came out about, you know, I just, I'm like, he's so principled. He's a man of his word. It's very rare in the sport, uh, whether or not you agree with. Uh, who he aligns himself with politically. Like when Habib says something, he sticks to it. Um, and then Dana White comes and says, no, no, he was just kind of emotional, yada, yada, dad's passing, he's coming back. And then even Habib for a moment there seemed a little hesitant. Dana White, on the same day that he comes out to Jim Rome and says, I'm pretty confident Habib's going to fight again, uh, a foreign outlet that was translated by RT Sports reports that... Uh, Habib was talking to a number of students at some sort of function and said that, nah, man, I'm, I'm busy tending to my farm. I'm studying right now, and I have, quote, no competitive interest. Might be a loss for Habib fans. Might be a loss for Dana White. But I'm going to say it's a win for Habib for, if this is what he wants, sticking to it and not feeling pressured by companies, by fans, or by finances. Also... It's a big loss for Dana White, the guy who goes on oh, yeah. TV and, and pressers all the time and says, oh, if somebody doesn't want to fight, I'm the last person that's going to try to get him to fight. <laughs> yeah, okay. How'd that work for Daniel Cormier? How'd that work for Habib? Well, no, they really want to fight, but no, no, they said that they don't. So they don't. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I don't think that Habib will fight. I don't. Uh, I'm sure he'll go through the emotions. I'm sure he'll get pretty close. Then again, if the UFC offers him a stupid amount of money, I think that he'll probably do that. But I think they'll they'll kind of decide, or he'll kind of decide in the coming months and see how he feels. Yeah. Um, either way, I, I I I get excited every time in a sport where you know, much like much like the WWE and the UFC, uh, the athletes have very little leverage they have very little power so anytime in a quick shot to Zelina Vega anytime we see athletes put their own interests and you know stand by their principles and refuse to fold to these larger entities that is always a win in my book because if a guy like Habib can do it um and someone like you know Habib who is at the pinnacle of the sport and someone like Zelina who is not at the top of the card in WWE can do it I think hopefully it stokes more confidence that this is not an everlasting problem that will eventually get to some point where fighters can either an athlete and pro wrestlers can unionize or you know have some sort of collective bargaining. So I'm gonna give it a win. Give it a win. Yeah, yeah, I th- I'll go with that. I'll rock with that. I mean, Habib, Habib's in a good spot no matter what. Yeah. He's made a lot of money and he retains a position where he can make a lot of money. 
So it's like his 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 demand's not going to go down any. Look, people are still begging GSP to come fight. Like mm-hmm. they were begging him to come fight Habib in a weight class that neither. Uh, I don't know, but I mean, you know, you know how MMA is. Uh, UFC is not the best at marketing new stars. Those stars have to market themselves, and Habib's done that. But don't dance. Don't wear anything that'll make you stand out and show zero personality. Yes. Wh- who's, who's the new, new deal with? Venom? Yeah, I, I have some confidence in Venom. The, I like Venom. Yeah, I, Venom, is, Venom is legitimately what I use for I, I use my gloves, my bag, mm-hmm. my shorts. I, I used it for my wrestling gear for a while. Uh, I like them. It's just uh, I hope that there's some individuality there because – I think there will be. I'm hoping. Yeah. I'm hoping. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll remain optimistic on that end. Uh, there are a couple more winners. Let's quickly touch on Connor Dustin. I don't think there's a whole lot to say other than it's official. And I know I, I saw someone in the chat, uh, or I think, I think it might have been Joseph commenting on one of the Fightful Fixes that uh, he, he won't believe it until they're in the cage scrapping. We, week one, the fight has been pitched. Week two, Dustin agrees. Week two, Connor agrees in principle. Week four, week three, week four, whatever it is, the UFC is like, okay, let's do this. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll do this. Week five, someone signs the contract. Week six, another person signs it. We, we just keep going. Yeah. Every week, we get a new component, and yeah, we have something to talk about. Well, there we go. The fight is booked. It is happening. UFC two fifty seven headliner won't be for a title, says Dana White. Uh, I guess he's banking on Habib. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm actually kind of shocked. I'm shocked. I don't even know. You know, I've stopped pretending like I would make a good entrepreneur because I wouldn't. <laughs> um, I would get you. It's weird because you know the UFC loves to headline with title fights. Like they'll put an interim title yeah. fight on just about anyone so they can promote it as such. What is your impulse? Let's say Habib. Let's say from now until fight night, it is evident. <laughs> that Habib is not coming back, will they put a title on that? Or how do you think the UFC will clear up the title picture? I wonder if Connor would even want one mm. on there type of thing. Cause he'll, he'll, I mean, you know, I mean, first off, he's not the best with criticism. Who is when, when they're attacked, they, they generally defend themselves, but it'll be looked as the, the consolation prize. I mean, that's, that's how it'll be looked at. If they did it, I'd be completely fine with it, but I mean, Dustin Poirier is number two lightweight mm-hmm. in the world right now. And if Conor McGregor beats him, he is still championship caliber. He is. Um, and if he doesn't, you know what? There's an 8DS fight sitting out there for him somewhere uh, forever, forever. They could be 50, and they run that one back, and it'll do a million buys. But, um, yeah, I, I think they will eventually <laughs> add the title, whether or not he wants it. Um, the I just fear that if they just got to do whatever he wants to do or else he'll just pull out of the fight. Mm -hmm. But I mean, also he is not the type of guy that just pulls out of fights. Usually they pull him from fights. So I should specify that. I will say, and you know, I've, I've kind of been willing to die on this hill, which is at every point, the UFC has rejected Connor's conditions from fighting in December to uh, fighting at AT AT&T. Arena Stadium in Texas. Connors kind of seem to fold every which way when it comes to, you know, it's either Dana's way or Connor's way. So I feel like he and every other fighter has lost most of their leverage ever since UFC got this reported guaranteed, uh, you know, I think it's something like up until they get roughly the equivalent of 200,000 pay-per-view buys in payment from ESPN. Yeah, for every event, and so they know what their bottom line is now, and yes. they are not as obligated to. They're not as dependent on the fighters to make a profit. Now, obviously, they're not going to be turning out intentionally crap cards because you know I don't think ESPN would be thrilled with that. But yeah, uh, if they can't get Connor, they can just do something else. Yes, I mean. And I'm surprised UFC hasn't scaled back the number of pay-per-views or ESPN didn't request it. But, I mean, then again, ESPN's getting a cut no matter what. Mm-hmm. 
because because of the the art of their distribution deal. So um, it is a very interesting, complex relationship that we haven't necessarily seen in in combat sports or pro wrestling in the past. Because usually, if if it's somebody like that, it's WWE cannibalizing the pay per view market, not ESPN being like, oh, we're going to cannibalize our own television market. It's 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 very. I mean, if it works for him, it works for him. But yeah. I mean, there were there were some pay per views that weren't hitting that threshold before. Mm-hmm. A lot of them weren't hitting that threshold before. So I wonder. But I mean, if I were UFC, I'd be trying to get Conor McGregor in that cage. Hundred percent. I'm I'm confident it'll happen. Title fight or no title fight, to me doesn't matter. I'm just looking. You're not to losing see money no. on Conor McGregor fights, that's for sure. Yeah, and I I kind of see it as a pick'em at this point. I just don't yeah. know. Conor looked so impressive against Cowboy, uh, and I feel like. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, this is not me saying Connor looked good against Habib, but relative to the other guys Habib has beat as of late, Connor's win isn't aging any worse, or loss isn't aging worse. It, yeah, in fact, might be looking a little bit better. The fact that he did take a round off of Habib, the fact that he did last as long as he did, Dustin and Justin can't say the same. Plus, how many punches did he land on Floyd Mayweather? Come on. <laughs> I wanted I wanted like a 147 punches landed shirt for a long time. Never got it? We no, we, we, I, I, I hesitated on it. You know what? I, I might start pushing that on the Fightful Shop on uh, like around January when he fights. Get some sales there. And, I mean, Floyd Mayweather wants to box Logan Paul now because that's just where yeah. we are right now. Uh, oh, boy. Could you imagine how bad that would be? Uh, I mean, if if there's anyone I want to see Floyd Mayweather light up, it's Fair. probably Logan Paul. Fair. Yeah. That'd yeah. be a win for me. Hey, listen, if Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul gets announced, that is the win of the week on this show, without a doubt. Well, I mean, it could be Floyd versus Artem, but... I mean, I mean come on. It's it's a natural build. Connor. He does. He does. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I also, I just want to say, I, I know this is long, long past, but basically seeing how Artem did against Pauly, I fully believe Connor smoked the hell yeah, out of Pauly in training. I 100% believe it. I 100% yeah. believe it. And let me just say, guys, we were talking about, like, this, I don't know how many times, we need a counter for how many times Sean Rossap has brought up Artem Lobov in this chat. Oh, yeah. We got a number one fan. I got, I got twice now. I mean... That's, I think that's what made me sit there and look and say, you know what? This bare-knuckle thing, they found a winning formula. Mm-hmm. They figured it out. Okay, uh, last on the wins because uh, we got to get to the losers still. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. AJ McKee, Bellator 253, first-round submission win over Darian Caldwell. Neck crank, interest. Uh, I'm not super familiar with the position. I think it's called a 100%. Um, basically he got an, under, it was an, at, I think a minute and 14 seconds of the first round. So Caldwell gets a takedown. McKee, I think is now 17 and O or 18 and O, uh, grabs an underhook, sort of gable grips over. So he's kind of got the head locked in the space, uh, gets a body triangle and then just stretches and cranks Darian Caldwell quick tap. He is the biggest success story for Bellator's like homegrown development. He has been with the promotion a long time. He's fought there his entire career. And uh, he's ready for a featherweight title shot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I also, I've never seen that submission pulled off uh, in MMA. Like, I've seen a variation of it pulled off against like rookies uh, grappling, but I've never seen that pulled off like within, with especially at a high level. And Darian Caldwell is real high level. I mean, AJ McKee, it's so funny because he is his father's son in that he is very dominant, but he is not his father's son in how his fights go. Because his father was one of the most boring fighters of all time. Like, he, he forced the UFC into giving him a shot and bored them out of it after one fight. And they're like, no, never again. Meanwhile, you got AJ coming along and he's just, he's dominating everybody. And I remember when he started in Bellator, I mean, he had his first pro fights in Bellator over five years ago. He's 17 like, and Oh yeah. 
five years all with one promotion. That's insane. Yeah. That's homegrown he's got, talent. He's got, yes, he's got to be up there. Like He's got to have like a host of Bellator records. But, I mean, especially the last, I want to say two, two and a half years, uh, the Teixeira fight where he, he knocked him out in like one minute. It's like, okay. And, and even before that, like he was, he was winning with head kicks. Like you, anywhere you go with him, he's got a way to finish you. Yes. Whether it's off his back now, like you, you don't see a lot of finishes from the guard anymore. You just right. don't. It doesn't happen nearly as much. This is awesome. I mean, I thought the Karakanyan win looked, I mean, obviously that one looked really awesome. Pat Curran, that's an impressive victory. We're talking about Darian Caldwell, man. And Darian Caldwell. Former Bantamweight uh, champion. Yeah. The only person recently that has beaten him is Horiguchi. And that's going to happen. That's just going to happen. Horiguchi's really good. I, I can't say enough positive things about AJ McKee, man. Like he is, he is a star. You know, uh, there was a time when we were doing the show, especially because, you know, Bellator airs Thursday night. We have the show Friday day. Uh, where every week for the first few weeks, Bellator's, you know, newfound home on CBS Sports Network was the down. Their cards were not panning out well. The fight sucked. And now week to week, every time Bellator is an... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Up, so they're really hitting their groove, and I like the short main cards. Uh, some people think it's a little too short. I'm it's a Thursday night, like I want to chill. I love that I can sit. It's a work night. I love that I can sit down, watch three to four fights on the main card, two hours. We have enough long programs. Every yeah. TV show is an hour. Every pay-per-view is like five to seven. I am thrilled to have a three-fight main card. Yes. I mean, why? Especially when I would go there live and cover shows or cover events. I'd be sitting there all day, and it's like one of your meals that day is going to be crappy stadium nachos. Like, we, we don't need long, 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 long cards even even when stuff comes back. And I know they've got content to produce, and I know they've got like they've got stuff to do. But um, yeah, I, I like the, the shorter format for sure. Okay, let's move on to the losers. Well, I think we're probably going to circle back to Dana a little bit as well. I see some comments oh, we probably there. Will. Um, first and foremost, a reminder, guys. Please, please hit that subscribe button. Tap the notification bell. Leave a like on this video. Uh, and get, thank you all for being so active in the chat today. It's always a pleasure talking with you guys. Little super chat donation, little tip, never hurts. Give it to us. Gotta get that money. Gotta get that money. Gotta gotta get the money. Gotta get a blue chew sponsorship. Hit them up. Yeah. I might do it. I can't I can't you can't be the only one on Fightful making penis jokes on the regular. I've got a I've got a sponsor call with a mattress that I actually I bought their mattress and I hit them up and I was like, let's talk. Good mattress? Is that good? Love it. Well look out for that guy. Anywho, uh, the biggest loser of this week, without a doubt, it doesn't taste like a loss, but I felt like a loser walking through the grocery store with a liter box of Minute Maid Fruit Punch at the request of our wonderful guest, Sean Ross Sapp. Did you get some Minute Maid Fruit Punch, or am I, or am I stuck in this alone? I drank it. I don't believe you. That's some bullshit. I drank it all. Like, legitimately. I've got, I mean, I've got... I've got uh, two more jugs of it downstairs, though. That's I get the zero sugar idea. joint. I'm not sure about this. 
I'm not sure about this. I swear. What? Do you want me to go downstairs and get it right now? I will. No. No. <laughs> exactly. I expect to see a glass on the Survivor Series post show tomorrow. Uh, that's Well, that's Sunday, first off. Sunday, but yes. yes. I got yes. my dates all confused. I keep saying tomorrow, don't I? Yeah. Well, look at you. Look at you. Enjoying it. I've seen you take multiple drinks after you complained about it. It's delicious, isn't it? It's super sweet. It is yeah. so fucking sweet. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Brian Mori. I, I pretend like I'm too good for Minute Maid Fruit Punch, but I will down a pack of 7-Eleven taquitos and binge watch Jersey Shore like it's no one's business. Rob Wilkins even said he did. It was even on the air. Yes, I have drank this on the air multiple times. All right. Man. I mean, I drink it on the air like almost every week. Okay, okay, fine. We'll let it go. Shout out to Brian Mori, $5 donation. I don't know how to make the donations pop up on the chat like you do. With your pro wrestling that's, that's shows. That's a stream yard. That's a stream yeah. yard gimmick. Um, but very much appreciate, Brian. Thank you so much for your support. All right. Losers, losers, losers. Uh, speaking of eating taquitos and drinking fruit punch, Mike Perry misses oh the God. welterweight what limit. Dumbass. Weighs in at 175.5. Welterweight limit is at 171. Wasn't he making like cheeseburgers last Bro, week? There's cheeseburgers. Cinnamon buns. I hear there were pizza involved. Get, there were brownies. Get the feeling that wasn't elk meat he was eating there or no. deer meat, like anything lean. What a and dumbass. He was, tagging, he was like tagging Tim Means, being like, I hope your weight cut's going well. Well, he's going to get 20%. I, and you know what? I think Tim Means should get 20% of Mike Perry's food for the rest of the week. I was too. saying, it might, I hope it was 30% worth of, you know. Oh, so it's 30. It's not 20. 30, it's 30%, 30% of Cornelio Komodo. Good. And you know what? Here's the thing. If Mike Perry loses, I'm ready for him to hit the fucking bricks. Yeah. He's he's like, okay, so if he loses against Tim Means, then he's I know he's got like three wins since in, in the last three years, but three and six over that period, and he missed weight. And not only that, he obnoxiously missed weight. As you take another drink of this delicious minute made. <laughs> you know, I switched to the one shot so no one could see, but you had uh-huh. to call me out on Too bad. It. Too bad. When he switches off that shot, I see him <laughs> taking a drink every single time. I'm so red. Because it's delicious. I got the zero sugar, though. Oh, it's so awesome. good that they good? can't even keep it in stock in the cartons locally here. Man. And, and Rob even says, I think you had a glass Monday or Wednesday on the post show. Here's a, here's a tip, guys. I do almost every time because I drink usually two Monster Energies on, on what oh, I call wake-to-sleep days. Yeah, uh, Monster Energy Rehabs. It's basically souped-up tea is what it is. Okay. It's, it's, it's an Arnold Palmer with some caffeine in it is what it is. That's it. But I'm not drinking one of those at like 11 p.m. when I'm on a post show. So I switch to the old Juicy gotcha. Juice. Man. All right. Mike Perry, as we were. Uh, I did not have the balls to put out this tweet on social media, but I'll say it here uh, because I'm super immature. Mike Perry, for someone who has made the homophobic statements that he has made on social media, two people. Remember, he, 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 had, he had some questionable comments about Ho- uh, MMA fighting Jose Young's. Uh, colorful i don't know what he said friendly hair i think he called it when he had the yeah. bleach blonde i think he's got fantastic hair and then mike perry bleached his own hair let me just point that out Man. uh anyways as a super immature uh child i could not help but chuckle at mr homophobe like mr homophobe with mayo all over his lips and mouth with cinnamon bun <laughs> stickiness over his face and mouth uh. and just licking it off i'm like and i mean jose young's is a lot of things He's a coward. He would never face me on Between the Links, which I have subsequently retired from. He is a coward, but he is also a good person with great hair. Oh, yeah. Ter- uh, incredible hair. Incredible, incredible hair. Very jealous of it. I, after I cut mine, I don't even try anymore. I don't even give an effort anymore. Uh, by the way, Shaq is drinking Minute Maid again. I'm you know on the funny? two shots, Sean. You don't need to keep going. I'm just, I'm just saying... I call Denise Hollywood Salcedo. I mean, Vancouver is like Hollywood too. Hollywood it North. really is. Yeah. So it should be no surprise that you act so pretentious over Minute Maid Juicy Juice here, <laughs> trying to bury all us commoners. Like, <laughs> oh, I wouldn't dare put the Minute Maid in my party. <laughs> 
I deserve, I deserve everything I'm getting. You do. You know what? Of all the people, I would I would hope that my own boss would not come on my show and derail the entire thing over a box of minute bay juice. Oh man, it's worth it. It's worth it. I'm telling you. I mean, last time it was tea, and you didn't understand what tea really was. Okay. It's brown drink. You know what? Is what I'm the loser is. this week. I'm sorry, everyone. Yes, <laughs> but you need a graphic. You need a one shot of yourself. The loser. Buried Minute Maid. I I have to give credit where credit is due. Brian Morey says in the chat, not only is Mike Mike Perry more trouble than he's worth, he also says, Minute Maid, my jewelry has a great ring to it. (laughs) It does. It does. I mean, knowing my parents, it might not be all that untrue. Okay. I don't even know where we are anymore with this. We're Uh, the losers. I think we're at the Dana White side. Yeah, let's let's go very quickly to Dana White. Um, Yeah, he... He's a hypocrite. And listen, yes. Dana White in the UFC has been great to me. But he says one thing and he does another. And I don't. I guess that just comes with being a promoter. But if Habib doesn't want to fight, man, just leave him. You know, weirdly enough, even Ali Abdelaziz, Habib's manager, said fake news when people started reporting the words that came out of Habib's mouth. Yes. Also, I just saw a clip of Mike Perry dabbing on the scale as he missed weight, which that that's... If that wasn't on the list of why he's a loser. You know, he, he had all these tweets going out about, um, oh, I'm, it, it feels like death. I'm dying. You can't pause. I used to think that, you know, people were moaning and whining when they couldn't make weight, but I get it now. Yeah. And then I saw all those videos of him chowing down like he's been me, like he's me in quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know what? I don't even want to. I don't even want to dilute the losers section by putting attention on anyone, anyone other than Mike Perry. Yeah, right I now. mean the Dana White thing isn't that bad. It's like he's a hypocrite, but it's like okay, we knew that, we figured that, <laughs> and he's been very successful. Such and also without getting political, look at the company that he keeps. It is an environment fostered there, and I hate it. I hope that. And I don't see anybody taking over for him anytime in the future. Those Dana White post-show press conferences used to be so much fun. They used to be so, so much... good, dude. I, I yeah. hate the I hate the era in which I got into MMA media because I will ask Dana a question and he'll look me right in the face, and it is a lie. I asked him at UFC 241 because Jorge Masvidal did some pre-fight media, and he said that's been big plan for him. After Nate Diaz beat Anthony Pettis, he calls out Jorge Masvidal, and they have two cameras ready on Jorge. And I asked Dana, was this the plan? And he says, no. Oh, my <laughs> God. Plan, dude. Unreal. Like, why? Why do you have to lie about that? The fight's about to be made. Yeah. Is it a control thing? Do you think at this point he's just got... Ever since, like... Ariel Helwani. I don't the break the news. news. You break the news. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or like, uh, you don't break the news. I break the news type of thing. Yeah, for sure. Mm. I do. And I do wonder how that works with Ariel being at ESPN because that's something that I actually told Jimmy Van. I'm like, hey, if you're looking for breaking news, there's not going to be a lot of that because without no disrespect to Brett or Ariel, they get it. It's theirs. That They're a business partner with the UFC and with the ESPN. That's where it goes. That's where it goes. So, like, I, I wonder how that relationship has adjusted in that time. Uh, from what I understand, not a whole lot. I think ESPN has been very protective of Ariel, and they've done right I'm by sure. him. And then the UFC instead just goes to Brett for everything. They should. He's yeah. great. I mean, he. The, like, I don't think the UFC is doing do. Ariel Hawani any favors. They they, they just yeah. feed everything to Brett at this point. But Ariel, best in the business. Had the Undertaker on recently. He's been on a little press tour of yeah. his own, and uh, is still the best at breaking news, independent of you know the UFC. Yeah. Um, okay. Speaking of losers, we're heading into the last seven minutes of the show. Let's Ooh. talk about a whole lot of losers, and that is at no fault of their own, the entirety of the UFC 255 card, because this is the. Subsequent pay-per-view to Habib versus Justin Gaethje. Yep. And our own Jeremy Lambert didn't even know that there was a pay-per-view this Saturday. We've Lucky him. Talked, yeah, lucky him. Uh, we've talked ad nauseum over the years about flyweight. Is it Demetrius mm-hmm. Johnson who's not a viable draw? Is the, promotion, is the entire division going to get shut down? 
at this point, I'll say you have in Valentina Shevchenko, one of the most dominant women of all time. You have in Davison Figueredo, a very exciting flyaway champion. Um, a lot of people actually are giving Alex Perez a good shot in this fight. Jennifer Maya, not so much. Uh, no. and Valentina came in as a possible record-tying minus 1,700 favorite. But at this point, what's the issue and who's responsible for Flyway getting no shine? Well, there, there are a few that have uh, <laughs> ever at minus 1,800 even, which Perfect. I really love. UFC is to blame for flyweight not getting a shot because look at them. They traded away the the biggest or one of the greatest fighters of all time for Ben Askren, a retired guy. And I know there are a couple of people that are like, oh, well, well, that made Masvidal a star. No, Masvidal was going to be a star no matter what. Of course, him kneeing somebody in the head helped, but they don't treat it like it matters. They've ne- they never did. I mean, to... I think a lot of it goes back to the very first scoring error in the tournament for the flyweight for the flyweight title, where it's like they didn't care enough to check up on it <laughs> then to, to find out who actually won that fight. Okay, uh, as for Maya and Shevchenko, Shevchenko is going to hold that belt for a very long time. And the funny thing is, she's also given the consensus greatest female fighter of all time her best fight ever, like more in, than once. Yes, more than once. Uh, it's on the UFC when you have Valentina Shevchenko, who could could be the second or third greatest women's fighter of all time, and you've got Demetrius Johnson, who could could be the greatest fighter of all time, arguably. Um, I, I think that that speaks volumes. Davison Figueredo versus Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson is a fight that I would have loved to see. Uh, I don't know if I would love to have seen it as much if they didn't get rid of Mighty Mouse because I don't know if Figueredo wouldn't have gotten chopped off at some point along the way but it's the ufc's fault yeah it it's interesting to me i i I do wonder i guess to some degree too though they have a limit it's kind of like women's featherweight in which they have a limited pool of talent compared to other divisions i've been talking to a lot of ufc flyweights lately and it's like you know amir albazi has had two ufc fights is ranked number 15 already like, these guys are just on a different trajectory because there isn't as much competition. And like with these uh, less you know, less populated weight classes, there's not quite the same level of competition for the most part. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like that plays into it. And also, I feel like every time the UFC has even tried to get behind it, and not to say that they're not the primary cause, but every time they've tried to get in front of the division something has gone wrong. You know, they build TJ Dillashaw as this, and TJ Dillashaw built himself as this Thanos that was coming to snap the division out of existence. And then he gets knocked out by the savior, Henry Cejudo, yeah. who promptly jumps up a division and then retires. It's like, not only yes. is... My, Mighty Mouse Johnson was the only person, only champion, who gave that division the love and respect that it deserves. In the third... Cejudo Mighty Mouse fight would have been a lot of fun. Like it would have been the biggest fight in the history of that division. But they, I mean, I, I don't know how you could have looked at Henry Cejudo and said, "Yeah, let's go with everything that he wants." That's a good idea, because I mean, I'm not going to say, "Oh, well, he left them high and dry," but he did twice, two titles got screwed up because of that guy. And I mean. Mm, that fight with Demetrius Johnson was very, very close, but oh my God. Like, is it worth it to be rid of Henry Cejudo? Probably, but um, it's just they they fumbled it all the way. Demetrius Johnson should not have been traded. They should have booked a third fight with uh, Henry Cejudo. It's just, it's ridiculous. Uh, Sean, can you go five minutes over today? Just keeping track of time. Yeah, I can go five minutes over. Cool. All right, uh, as we start wrapping up, Joseph Boza says in the chat, I love both title fights. I think people aren't giving Jennifer a shot in hell because they don't want to admit ooh, uh, that women's flyweight is only here because Valentina can't beat Amanda. I will fight you back on that a bit, Joseph. Now, it's true that Valentina did not beat Amanda, although those fights were both tremendously close. Keep in mind, Valentina is now down a division from bantamweight to flyweight. Amanda Nunes is also the featherweight champ. So the fact that Valentina Shevchenko yes. 
was able to give someone upwards of two weight classes higher than her as much trouble as she did. I think if Valentina was a little bit just naturally bigger, I think she would be the pound for pound best woman in this sport without a doubt. Also, maybe I close mean, still, but I Valentina could have easily won those two fights. Yeah, I mean, also, I mean, it took her a little bit longer to get. I mean, not that much longer to get to fly weight. I know that she murdered Priscilla Kishwara a few months after that that title was was put there. But I mean, that was a split decision with Amanda Nunes. Yep. That was a very close fight. Yeah. But I will. I mean, all credit to Amanda. She is the women's yeah. goat. You beat Ronda sure. Rousey, you beat Holly Holm, you beat Misha Tate, you beat Valentina Shevchenko twice. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And I think that Shevchenko is right up there with her. Shevchenko has beaten probably the greatest 115-pound fighter in the world. She's beaten every 125-er that matters. And she's come very close to beating the greatest women's fighter ever who happened to be 135 and 145. Oh, by the way, Shevchenko also beat Holly Holm, who was a Bantamweight champion. And probably should have been probably should have beat Durandamy for the featherweight title too. Like it was there. She's very good. I don't she's think they, they just did it for that at all. Uh, and then last thing on UFC 255, as we wrap up quick shout out to Antoine, who says, I loved watching mighty mouse in UFC. If he was in the card, I was buying uh, Demetrius. I think it was UFC 174 Demetrius Johnson versus the Russian dude, Ali. Bogdanov, Rory versus yeah. Tyron. Ali Bogdanov, yeah. Vancouver. I was there. Uh, I almost got punched out by the drunk coworker that I like come with me. Fun was times. that was that when he was doing like the EP? He was doing EPO like it was 1981. Probably. Um, <laughs> you mentioned Valentina's going to be running this division for a long time. We've seen how competitive, how quickly UFC strawweight has evolved. Right, there's a time where it was Yoana or bust. Rose Namajunas comes in there. Then Jessica Andrade comes in there. Then Weili Zhang comes in there. Flyweight girls are a little bit bigger than uh, the strawweights. Do you think, how long do you think it'll take for that division to start filling out more in the sense that you're going to see some more competitive fights in the top five, top ten? Women's flyweight? Yeah. A long time. <laughs> I really think it'll be a long time because she's just going to keep picking people off. And I don't have a problem with that. But, like, we're talking about Lauren Murphy, Jessica I, and we've seen Caitlin Chikagan be there. You know, Andrade has always had some potential there. I always thought that Joanne Calderwood would be the first champion. Mm-hmm. I think that time's kind of passed. But then you got Roxanne in your top 10, and, and she has improved significantly since, obviously, her tough, or, uh, tough days. But I just don't think we're anywhere near it. Any, anywhere near anybody really competing with Valentina Shevchenko and giving her a real run for her money. I don't. Okay. Uh, quick shout out to Jobber for his super chat donation. He says, love the work on MMA. Keep up the great work, guys. Thank you all for supporting us. Uh, and one SS chimes in, we need Showdown Joe and One Two Punch. Let's make it happen. Yeah, we'll, we'll hit him up and see if he can, if he can do something. 100%. It's been a little over a year. I would love that. And uh, actually, Sean, you are, you are the first guest. You've returned for episode 10, so yeah. we'll have to get you back for episode 100. Okay. I, I mean, I'm probably going to run out of guests. I'm going to call you sooner than that, but... Yeah, probably, probably but yeah. it's still... I set that milestone. I mean, we, we've set the precedent here. Yes. <laughs> long-running precedent. Okay. Got a couple minutes left. You know what's up. I don't know how long of a lifeline this segment has, but last time I was the one to tell an embarrassing story... Call heads or tails. Know. We're gonna see. I've what never, you. I've never been embarrassed in my life. You though. should be, Sean. <laughs> Why? Okay, I, I got one for you. You got one? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Listen, I constantly embarrass myself. It doesn't mean yeah, I'm it's disappointed. Yeah, okay. I've got, I've got the most embarrassing story okay, you can cool. think of. Actually, right, heads or tails? Tails. Oh. Sorry, I actually flipped it twice. Let me, and it was one each. Let me flip it one more time. Let me turn this. It is heads. All right. So in 2020, I looked at the state of our MMA section and I said, we got to hire a guy. (laughs) (laughs) And what I did was hired a guy who acted like he was too good for minute made fancy drink, juicy juice. And then I did a live stream with him and 
while you all weren't looking, he's like this. Like, like, like a trash panda that gets caught just rummaging through your garbage can in the middle of the night. That's him. That's the most embarrassing story of my career is that I hired somebody who didn't, who pretended they didn't like Minute Maid fruit punch. Oh, I guess I need to repackage my gimmick now because you bury that one so hard. Like I've been, I was called, one of the first videos I did for Fightful, I got called out for like the dry swabs of spit on the corners of my lips. Oh my God. You got to stay hydrated, bro. Beggars can't be choosers. Oh man. Unreal. Uh, Unreal. Showdown Joe would never. What a cop out. All right. (laughs) That is all. For today's episode of One Two Punch, guys, last plea. Whoops, wrong graphic. Hit subscribe, tap the notification bell, leave a like on this video. Those help this video reach the masses. We really do appreciate it. Thank you to everyone who donated to the super chat today. Jobber, Ryan, shout out to Joseph, Antoine, everyone else in the chat who uh, was so active today. Sean, I want to say it was a pleasure. I want to say you have my best interest in your own and mine. But I'm convinced that you want to see this entire MMA division tank. I, I definitely have my, bo- my own best interests in mind. Uh, and cutting promos on people is definitely something that will grow this side of things. Cool. Just bury everybody. It's what I do. Deal. Well, I, 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 did, I did nickname Nick Baldwin Sticky Nick B yesterday. So I believe it. I believe, oh, it. I believe it. Kids going through puberty, probably true. Careful. I might just, uh, I might just try and pull a retribution on Sunday. Come in, invade your show, and then absolutely botch it. Bury myself in the process. Oh, no. All right, guys. Thank you guys for checking out. Sean Ross Sapp, pleasure as always. Really appreciate you making the time today. Of course. Thanks for watching me brush my hair, guys. Yeah, the the helpless hair. So what's the purpose of brushing hair that you don't care about? Uh, I mean, just just to put myself over on the air. Yeah, just like Play-Doh. All right, guys. That is all for today. Shout out. Uh, this will be up on audio very soon. We'll have time steps up in the hour. Love and peace. Till next time. For Fightful MMA, I'm Shaquille Madjuri. And stay tuned for everything Fightful and so delightful. Peace.